It seems like the Giants always play some of their worst baseball on national TV, but that was not the case last night. Just a great game for the Giants across the board, and it was a huge win considering where they are in the season and this upcoming series that is also huge against the Reds. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so please check us out there if you have not already, and hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening or watching uh, the show. And coming up on today's show, yes, we're going to begin with discussing just one of the more entertaining and best Sunday Sunday night baseball games that the Giants have played in a long time. The last time they were on Sunday night baseball, I believe it was in New York when they stunk and it kind of started, that was like the start of their horrible play for the next couple months um, beginning of July there, and Estrada, that's when he broke his hand or wrist uh, getting hit by the pitch. And so, like, full circle, this Sunday night game had a lot to do with Estrada. I mean, defensively, amazing. Uh, laying down a perfect safety squeeze, amazing. And then a pregame speech that fired up the troops, their first team meeting of the year apparently and the first time Tyro has ever led a team meeting and he's obviously been on the team for a few years now so so many positives Tristan Beck got the start and he threw four perfect innings to get things going for the Giants so what a way to set the tone I mean the Braves have this ridiculous first inning success like all the runs they score that like they're first in Run scored, run differential, home runs, all kind of stuff in the first inning, but not just like among first innings, among any inning for any team is the Braves in the first. And so for Beck to go through Acuna, Harris, and Riley, one, two, three in the first, and then all the way through the lineup, perfect, and then through the top three again, perfect. And it was the first career start for Tristan Beck. And so on the broadcast, yes, a national broadcast, not totally knowing what's up with the Giants is very typical, but they thought he was going to be an opener, but that clearly was not the case. I mean, if he struggled, maybe they would have gotten him out of there. But this is a guy clearly capable of going four or five innings at least. And so I think a lot of Giants fans, myself included, it's nice to see Tristan Beck get that opportunity, opportunity, especially considering that the Giants got Tristan Beck in a trade with the Braves when the Braves 
some when Farhan Zaidi somehow got the Braves to take on Mark Melanson and the entirety of his remaining contract back in 2019. So just a great uh, performance and moment for Beck. He did, you know, not, I don't I don't want to say fall apart. This Braves team is so explosive; they're capable of big innings at any time. But he did give up three runs in the fifth. Uh, He only went four and a third. It just kind of fell apart for him there in the fifth. But the four perfect innings against the Atlanta Braves is a tremendous accomplishment and a big deal for a team that could really use some more starting pitchers. Suddenly, you've got Kyle Harrison in this rotation starting tonight, obviously Webb and Cobb. And then if you've got Beck in in the mix as well, then, you know, if you have four guys, that's a lot better than what they've been rolling with with their two guys. But, you know, that wasn't the only highlight of this game. The pregame speech by Estrada, I thought, was big. A team meeting and just basically a lot of the guys were just talking about how it was the right message at the right time. But I do just want to mention, too, this crazy double play that uh, was one of the more entertaining plays I've ever seen. Uh, and it was in a big situation. The Braves had a 3-2 to two lead at that point. You've got Acuna up, and I think it was runners on first and second. And Acuna hits a little weak dribbler to the right side, kind of in the Bermuda Triangle between the pitcher and the second baseman and the first baseman. And it's kind of like you just kind of have to ad-lib who's going after the ball. And ultimately, it got by Beck, and so J.D. Davis (laughs) grabbed it. Did I say Beck? It was Scott Alexander pitching, not Beck. And so J.D. Davis, the first baseman, grabbed it. And Alexander didn't break towards first right away. And so he was totally late getting over. Acuna's super fast, so there was no way that uh, they were going to get him just by flipping it to the pitcher, uh, Alexander. But J.D. Davis, who's kind of somewhat inexperienced at first, at least this year, uh, he flips it to Alexander anyway because that was like where his momentum was taking him. And Alexander, they didn't really show the replay of this, but I believe he barehanded the the flip. And then Tyro Estrada, once again, the man of the hour, just you know booked it for first base all along, which is what you're supposed to do on a bunt. Um, it, it wasn't a bunt, though. But it was like a bunt. But anyway, so Estrada's booking it to first. So uh, Davis has already flipped it to Alexander, who has no chance of getting to the bag ahead of Acuna. And Estrada is like sprinting towards first and does have a chance of beating Acuna. So Alexander receives the feed with his left hand and in one motion flips it to Estrada to just get Acuna at first. That alone was wild enough. But then by that point, the runner from, I believe he started on second and not third. He may have started on third and just kind of held up uh, on the play. Can't remember. It doesn't matter. But, um, you know, as soon as Estrada makes the out at first, the runner is coming home. And so he throws home and, you know, it's kind of up the third base line a little bit, but Bailey grabs it and drops the tag on the sliding runner and he was initially called safe but upon review he was called out so it was 
an incredible double play and just like a team double play. It was ad-libbed. It was fun. It was the Giants being entertaining. And it was like heads up by Tyro to like get over to first and make the throw home and make a, make a good, good enough throw home to get the out. So, so many good things. Patrick Bailey also had a huge hit with the bases loaded and two outs. Uh, a three-run double. I mean, when's the last time? It Honestly, if we went back and looked, how many bases loaded three-run? Obviously, you would it would be a three-run. You can't have a three-run double unless the bases are loaded. But how many times have the Giants had that? When was the last time the Giants had that? Especially with two outs. And so that was great. Estrada with a safety squeeze. I love the safety squeeze. And I think that was part of the message too from Estrada was like earlier in the season, we were just doing all these things. We were trusting the next guy. We were not trying to do everything ourselves. We were bunting, you know, not as sacrifice bunts, but as bunts like a safety squeeze, which is just really hard to defend as we saw. I mean, there was just nothing that the Braves could do, including get Estrada out because it was such a perfect bunt. And so, you know, just playing more team baseball and not like, oh, it's all on me. I've got to hit a homer here. You know, that's what it's been like for a couple months. And Casey Schmidt hit a home run in this game. There was just a lot to like. And another thing to like was that, yes, the man who everybody was doubting, <clears throat> Austin Slater. I told you not to doubt him. I told you not to doubt Austin Slater. And he has responded in a big way. So we're going to get into the Austin Slater experience and, and what the numbers have been like. What did he do yesterday? We will get into it in just a minute. And before we do, this episode is brought to you by Dave. At one time or another, we've all needed a little financial help, myself included. And that is why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave would have been very useful to me. I think of um, medical bills for, for my pet. Uh, and we've had some huge ones, and that's always a tough situation. And if you can relate to this, it is a brutal situation where you've got to choose like life and death of a pet, um, which is obviously very, very difficult. And if finances come in the way, my goodness, like that is such a tough position to be in. So thankfully, Dave is here to help with extra cash. Dave is a banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. 
All right, as promised, what did I just do? As promised, we are going to get into Austin Slater being not toast. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and all that. Uh, and also, everydayers tomorrow on the show, breaking down game one. Man, it's crazy. The season is winding down here. Just over 30 games left. The Giants are in the race, but unfortunately, they've fallen a little bit out of a playoff position, but they're close. And this is a huge series coming up against the Cincinnati Reds, who are pretty much in the exact same position the Giants are in. They have different records, but in terms of like games back, they're exactly the same. In the wild card race, Giants have percentage points of a better record than the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Giants play the Reds at 645 Pacific. Kyle Harrison starting. Andrew Abbott, who's been a a pest, and I think he dominated the Giants in Cincinnati going for the Reds. But you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So, what did I, what did I, I told you so. I don't like to say I told you so, but maybe I actually do. I told you so. Austin Slater, and look, I'm not going to do a victory lap too much over a couple of games, but it just goes to show you, like, so many people in my Twitter mentions have been like, why are they playing Slater? Why did it, Why did they use Slater? There's media, media members asking Gabe Kapler after the game, like, why are you pinch hitting Austin Slater in the big situation? Like, why didn't you go to Elliot Ramos, who's never had a lot of big, big league success, even though Austin Slater literally has the best uh, weighted runs created plus OPS, like you don't have to use super advanced stats of all time among pinch hitters with at least a hundred pinch hit plate appearances, best of all time. And he's also been a monster against left-handed pitching just consistently in his career. Now this year it's fallen off a bit, but we're talking about a small sample. I mean, the guy's only played 67 total games this year, and the first chunk of them were good. And so to just like give up on the guy based on it was roughly like 30 or 40 plate appearances is just, you know, poor baseball analysis. It's just not, I mean, look, sometimes guys are toast. Sometimes guys forget I mean, I don't want to say forget, but just lose the ability to be the player that they were, and it can happen fast. But to to that's an extreme. Un, that that's not the norm. What's more, the norm is that players go through struggles, and your struggles are not predictive of your next at bat. And so you don't like okay, let's wait until he gets going again, and then use him. Like, you got to just keep using him. And there was this quote from Kapler. I don't know where it came from, but I saw it online where Slater said, like, because he had a good game, he had a big hit, a big pinch hit. I forget the situation, but he basically said that Kapler, it was a huge weight off his shoulders and that Kapler had pulled him aside, I think that day or the previous day, and said, look, man. You could go O for your next 40, and I'm still going to pinch hit with you against the lefty in the playoffs. That's how much I believe in you. And so for all those who think Kapler you know, has lost the players or whatever, and I'm not sure how many of those 
lunatic fringe exist uh maybe it's not the maybe it's a bigger portion than i mean it, it might be and cer- certainly on twitter there's a lot of that and it even bleeds into the media sadly look i mean you can be fairly critical you can f- you can criticize someone with fairness but the data is that hitters are slumping until they're suddenly not and so you don't expect that just because you've been in a slump that your next at bat is going to be bad you you kind of expect that your next at bat you're going to be who you are and i mean as a hitter i've i played some baseball and I don't know. I mean, just sometimes you you just lock in, like in the middle of an at bat. You just like see a pitch. You felt you take a pitch. Sometimes it's taking a pitch. Oddly enough, it's like it's just timing of your body. And I don't know. So let me get to the point, which is you know, let's do the little game log for Austin Slater. And basically, he's just gone bananas. There, right, he hadn't had a hit in from I think July twenty first to August twenty second. Let me make sure of that because that's a crazy, uh, if tr- crazy if true, hits. No, he had three. What am I talking about? July, whatever. July twenty eighth, I think it was, through the. He had. I'm I'm tripping. July tw- July thirtieth through the twenty second of August, he didn't have a hit, and that's a long time. However, in the last three days, so yes, I'm not going to do a total victory lap, although that is kind of what I'm doing, admittedly. Uh, Slater's, in his last 10 plate appearances, he has four hits, including a double and no triples, no homers. So three singles, uh, 30% walk rate, 10% strikeout rate, you know, hitting 571, 700 on base, 714 slugging during that span and obviously it's it's a small sample but so was I would I think people kind of assume small sample means like two at bats but in my opinion a hundred at bats is still a pretty small sample you could struggle for a hundred at bats maybe even 150 200 at bats and by at bats I, I mean plate appearances and it doesn't, I mean, it means something, but it doesn't mean everything. But certainly like 30 plate appearances doesn't, it should not change the way that you manage. And that's what Kepler said. He said, you've got another, oh, you've got an O for 40 in you and I still trust you. And I think he's right. I don't think that's wrong. So yeah, Slater leading off yesterday went two for three and with and had two walks and he was just all over the action giants got eight runs and he was a big part of it so thank goodness they didn't just bench slater because he was in a slump you know because you're in a slump until you're not and the same can kind of be said of camilo duvall who had blown four straight saves giants had won three of those games oddly enough but you know there's a thought like, oh, maybe don't go to Duvall in a save situation. Even I and my mom, who I was watching the game with, both when we saw Duvall getting loose, we both in unison said, oh, no, or oh, something. Uh, and that I was thinking, put him in the game, but have somebody getting loose immediately in case he shows these struggles that he's shown over the last few days or few outings. But instead, what did we get? A one, two, three inning with two strikeouts. Because 
he is more likely to just be who he is rather than what he's been in the most recent handful of outings. Now, of course, you can get out of whack mechanically or whatever, but these are the best players in the world by far. I mean, these guys are so talented that they can figure it out, you know, they at, in a moment. And that's what we saw with Doval and with my guy, Austin Slater. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we've got a million updates for you injury-wise. One bad, maybe more than one bad, and several good, but a lot is going on on the injury front. So we will get into it in just a minute. And before we do, uh, uh, today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can get uh, up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and simply pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Do you think, I'm trying to open the app right now, do you think that uh, Kyle Harrison is going to go out there and get a bunch of strikeouts tonight? Simply hit more on the strikeout total. Oh, it's making me update the app, but it's a great app and a lot of fun. And, And you just check out the players, look at what the kind of number is set at. Like, for example, I don't know, like five and a half strikeouts, more or less, and simply make that pick. Ellie De La Cruz is back in town here, the phenom for the Reds. Patrick Bailey got him last time. So do you think he's going to get more or less than the whatever the stolen base total is set at, probably 0.5, and make that pick? Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy, and they have safe and fast withdrawals. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, as promised... Injury updates galore. The Giants have had so many injured players this year. And honestly, like, you could kind of use it as an excuse for the fact that they've struggled for the last couple months. I mean, they just haven't been whole. No team is, but like losing Estrada, Hanniger's been out this whole time. Uh, Conforto's been sometimes hurt. Yastrzemski's missed a lot of time. I'm thinking in the rotation, they've been, I mean, they don't really have a rotation. Their rotation is like Webb and Cobb, but now it includes Kyle Harrison, and that's really exciting. And by the way, the Giants play the Reds tonight at 645 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. Yeah, it's this lefty Andrew Abbott going for the Reds, and if memory serves, he just dominated the Giants in Cincinnati. He's having a good year. I believe he's a rookie. Yes, he is a rookie with a 3.16 ERA. So it's time for the rookie to have a little struggles, if you know what I'm saying. 
Kyle Harrison is a rookie. Time for him to not have a <laughs> time for him to dominate the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm excited to see how many innings he's allowed to go. I think they're building him up. Don't forget that Kyle Harrison missed. I, I don't know exactly how much time it was. I forget. I'd have to look. But with a uh, hamstring strain in July. And so he's not built up. Uh, and I think their philosophy all along, they've been clear about it, was like really methodically building up pitch counts throughout the year so that by August and September and potentially October, that's when they would be able to get stretched out and extended. These are young players and they have apparently evidence that this protects their health. And so what could be more important? I mean, pitchers get hurt all the time. And so protecting the health of them and a, a guy like Kyle Harrison trumps all. I mean, even if you're mad that he got taken out at 65 pitches, if it means there's an increased likelihood that he stays healthy, it's worth it. It's just if he if they do that every time, it would be maddening. But if it's just a slow buildup of a young player who just turned 22 years old, then, you know, I have no problem with that. Health is number one. But anyway, the injury updates. It's time for me to give them to you. There's a lot of them, and I'm going to try to... I've got scrambled notes here, but, um, I mean, just roster updates in general. Johan Camargo, who was DFA'd when they signed Paul DeYoung, he cleared waivers and was outrighted to AAA. And so I'm glad Camargo sticks in the organization. Luis Gonzalez also cleared waivers and was outrighted to AAA, and so he sticks in the organization. So what that basically means is they're off the 40-man, but they're still in the Giants organization. Giants called up Elliot Ramos because Michael Conforto went on the IL with a grade 2 hamstring strain. Grade 2 is worse than grade 1, better than grade 3, worse than grade 1. Yastrzemski, by the way, all these hamstring strains he's had have been grade one and they've caused him to miss. He's been an amazingly quick uh, person to recover. Although this latest time he had a setback and that's why it's taking a while. But the Giants have said, Gabe Kapler has said, they're hopeful that Yastrzemski could be activated in this upcoming series. Yastrzemski himself. And also, guess what? Mitch Haniger himself could be activated during this upcoming series and so all three of their starting outfielders are injured right now against right-handed pitching Slater starts against lefties and he's not injured but Yaz, Conforto, Hanniger they're all out and sounds like I mean Conforto grade two that might mean like honestly towards the back end of September you know at least middle to possibly back end of September, maybe like the 20th. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, getting Yastrzemski back, I think is huge. People take him for granted. He's not a perfect player, but then you see certain, although, I mean, like I've been super impressed with Wade Meckler. I think Luis Matos has been more impressive recently. I think that Elliot Ramos even has kind of been more impressive lately i'd i'd probably put him in that order meckler over matos over ramos personally i just like 
the the quality of quality of that bat by Meckler like every time. Uh, Matos was it in this series? He hit a home run, or no? It was in Atlanta. He had a home run against Max Freed. So yes, there's a, you've also got John Brebia working his way back. He this was on Saturday. Susan Slusser said he will throw another simulated game tomorrow, i.e. Sunday. So it already happened, and then probably heads out on a rehab assignment. And so. Getting these guys back, imagine, imagine, I mean, it, it's it's not impossible to imagine, like, even with Conforto, like I said, that everybody gets healthy at just the right time. Although you've got to get to October. I'm thinking, like, for the playoffs, everybody's healthy. But right now, they're in a fight to even get there. They were in a strong position. That position has weakened due to a rough stretch. They went, what? They They lost, like, four out of, they lost... What am I trying to... I think they went like 4 and 12 over a 16-game stretch, I think. Man, so many stats and stuff going through my head right now. But the Giants playoff odds, Fangraphs has them at 46.2%, so a little less than 50-50. A a win tonight over the Reds, and it probably goes above 50%. So each and every game in this series is absolutely enormous. And just to finally give you like the actual standings, as I keep saying, forget the West. The Dodgers just caught fire. And the Giants, they were like two games back a month ago, and now they're 13 and a half back. So uh, goodbye, NL West, and hello, wildcard, where the Giants are one spot back of the final wildcard spot, but one and a half games back of the Diamondbacks who were totally scuffling and then got hot again. But the Giants and Reds are tied. The Marlins are a game and a half behind the Giants and Reds. And then the Padres are eight games out of that final wildcard spot. And the Padres Giants play right after the Reds. And they also then play the Cubs. And so, and the Cubs are one spot ahead of the D-backs and are in that second wildcard spot. So they're going to, the schedule gets easier. It's, it, people are saying, oh, it doesn't get any easier. But yes, it gets easier than playing the Braves for, what, six out of your last nine games? Or was it, did they have a four game? Six out of nine or seven out of ten uh, against the Braves. Braves are done until potentially the playoffs. Thank goodness, because that team is really good. So it does get easier. And they do have some soft spots, like a homestand against the Rockies and the Guardians. I consider that a soft spot. It's like people forget or sleep on the fact that the Guardians are seven games under 500. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show, breaking down game one. Kyle Harrison on the mound for his second career start. Going to be hopefully really exciting and hopefully a win for the Giants. These games are enormous. Once again, uh, well, actually, the Giants play the Reds at 645 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's called, uh, at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much, so thank you in advance. And thank you sincerely to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Today, you are now Locked on Giants.